It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel kind of conflicted. We watched Population 2, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all... Hello, and welcome to another Hi. episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven. Uh, <laughs> with me, as always, is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well today. Doing great. Good, good. And uh, in the stead of Brian the Unipiper uh, kid, we have our friend Joni DeRoshi with us. How are you, Joni? The adult. Yay, Joni. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm here to not talk about Gus Van Zant for some reason. I know. So here, anyway. the little history, uh, Brian's taking a little sabbatical off the show, so we're finding some of our friends to um, to pop in and, and have uh, talk about Portland movies with us. And Joni has been begging for years to come on the show, and so we finally thought yes. we'd have her <laughs> because she wanted to come on to talk about Drugstore Cowboy, a movie which we've all been sort of avoiding. Or... or- you know, River Phoenix's, inarguably, River Phoenix's most brilliant role in my own private Idaho. Amen. Yes. But no. So instead of those, talk about instead of those good population movies. Population two. <laughs> and the, here's the, why. The second in the the population installment series. <laughs> population two. You love population, right? Two. You love population two. I'm like, two. wait. Population two, electric boogaloo. But I didn't even see population one. <laughs> it's okay. You don't, I don't need to think know we anything. need to. Uh, but yes, we. Uh, it's a difficult thing with movies like that because what has not been said about them that has already been said by a podcast much better and more equipped than ours. Uh, so <laughs> in this, and then I thought we were going to watch. Ooh, let's watch uh, Fifteen and Pregnant with Kirsten Dunst. That would be a fun little light thing. And so I watched that, and that turned out to be yeah, pretty decent. But like, there's nothing to talk about there because it's not terrible. It's not great. It's a lifetime TV movie star and Kirsten Dunst. It is what it is. Typical middle-aged white male opinion to think there's nothing to talk about there. <laughs> That's all right. Let's carry on. Uh, so instead, yes, we're diving into a movie called Population <laughs> Two, a movie I picked because it was the easily <laughs> the easiest to access for free <laughs> for anyone that wanted to watch the podcast. Um, but before and I figured out that it was, sorry, go ahead. I'm so eager to talk about Population Two. Yes, why don't you jump I in? I did figure out that it was Population Equals Two. Yeah, not right. population two. Yes, it's this time it's, it's sometimes listed as population colon two, sometimes just population number two with a space in between. And so um, this movie, which I finally got, there's a visual in the movie that made me go, ah, uh-huh. oh. yes. <laughs> so we'll have to break. Yeah, the, uh, tons of, of nuance and, and lots of <laughs> lots of things to dissect with a script. So <laughs> deep. But I'm. I mentioned I am very conflicted about this movie, which I'd like to get into. But I, Mark, let's—I'd like to hear your take on. Maybe you can give us a little uh, five thousand foot level. Uh, <laughs> well, we can start at twelve thousand feet, where the uh, <laughs> where the jets that are constantly doing barrel oh, rolls the, the entire jets. movie. So, <laughs> so, 
So interspersed. At one point I said, can you get to 111,000 feet? Because <laughs> that's what one of the numbers said. That's what one of the numbers said. So, um, so, so rage inducing. Yeah. So this, this movie is uh, a, a story about uh, an apocalypse centered around Portland. And uh, we are flashing back and forth between uh, s- some timelines and one of these timelines is two pilots in bomber jets that are destined for Portland, Oregon, that are going to drop nuclear bombs on Portland. And so we hear their chatter, uh, you know, one minute at a time, you know, one minute here, we They're have a little bit and then deep. Oh, my God. And it's chatter. It's, so necessary. Yeah. So relevant. Yeah, how how poetry. It was poetry. It was poetry. So it's two dudes. Uh what are what are some examples of some things that they said, Joni? <laughs> As she takes out we her giant know, notebook. We didn't know our asses from our shoes. shoes. <laughs> that was my favorite. That popular expression that we all know. I did not write I did not make note of any of the pointless other things. Um sexist or homophobic yeah. chatter uh, yeah my, my my ass hurts like uh it lost a bet to the village people was, was yes that was a good one. one that was one of the opening lines that was that was right that was welcome yeah. to the movie it was the, my the cold ass. opening of the opens, movie opens with poorly delivered gay jokes <laughs> yes was my observation awesome so the they, and they come back to these guys. They come back to these guys in in one of the timelines that we're following throughout the movie, but the the visuals never change. It's the same like B roll over and over and B roll made in a bad version of Blender on somebody's computer. Like there, it, it was it. right. So so this movie, I did I didn't do a huge deep dive, but I ended up stumbling uh, across a couple things that. Uh, so I, this movie was made in 2010, um, and then released 2012. This year, 2023 there was a director's cut released. And so this movie is a, uh, is an hour, 20 minutes long. And like, is it 30 like, minutes of the jet? Pilots like Joe, like Joni and Mark, we're talking about this movie goes in between these, this half the movie is B roll footage of fighter pilots that are on their way. There is a countdown that they're like, okay, let's engage our countdown. Movies always have the, you know, that's a way to add tension can you do a countdown timer that doesn't sync up with the time of the movie? Like you can't do that, right? That's not allowed. <laughs> well, if you're if, if you're s- swapping, uh, if you're going forward and back in time, you know. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny because, yeah. like, that's what the te- that's why you do the, do the ticking time <laughs> clock is to add that real life tension. But no, so it goes in between those two pilots, and then what? I, it took me a while to figure out that it was a flashback-ish sort of situation, yeah. like the time thing. And I, I, I'm conflicted about this movie because there's a lot to talk about why it doesn't work. But there was a lot in this movie that I thought 
was really, really good and could be used, I think, by people who are just starting to make movies with low budgets, how to do things really, really well. Because for what we watch, and Joni, I know you haven't been subjected to a lot of the really (laughs) terrible low budget movies we found, but like the lighting and the cinematography of her like in the tunnels and her wandering around was so good. I kept like, it kept kind of astonishing me. They were like beautifully composed and wonderfully lit. And it sort of seemed like it was made by a different person. Yeah. Like all of the, 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 what I think is present day post-apocalyptic stuff was really beautiful and like color graded within an inch of its life. And then all the flashback stuff looked like, like mid two thousands USA Network, yeah. which like, I mean it makes like sense because it, it is mid two thousands. Is this Suits? Almost, Are we watching Suits right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was <bizarre>. so. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we do just a, a top level? Yeah, good, good, good. Story, oh, right. story recap, uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Should we do it like like the old exquisite corks game where like Mark you say one sentence and then I say the next sentence and then Todd says the next sentence? They, they, yeah, there there once was a a corporate magnate who had a son who he hired to be the PR guy, uh, and uh, oh, they were father and son. They were father and son. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, they never called themselves son or dad, but uh, they in the hallway they had a fight, and it came out yeah. that you've always okay. hated me and me 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 me, and um and so the son is married, and uh, his wife is now pregnant, and uh, the dad is head of a big megacorp that. Omnitech. Omnitech. Uh, now, is Omnitech related to the abortion pill or not? Okay, yes. so they and do the an, TV stations. an abortion Pandora. pill called Pandora. Yeah. And they seem to be like, if you ever watched Mr. Robot, they're like evil corp on Mr. Robot. They're like the yeah. corporate overlords that do that control your money and and your your media and your everything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And um, and, and so they control this abortion pill and this sun reflector that <laughs> As is do. going to bounce the heat out of the united out of the world so that we solve global warming and they they keep alluding to technical issues that have happened and apparently it's basically caused the demise of the earth and we're all getting ready to die and so we're going to drop some nukes into different cities to reduce the population is really what I got out of it. Okay, that- I guess I'm what I'm figuring out now, even though I've watched it twice, I didn't <laughs> know the connection. Like I knew that Omnicore built the mirror thing and that just made everything worse. And so they're creating a a place, uh, kind of a Noah's Ark for special, yeah. you know, rich people where they can a habitat. A habitat, habitat where they can live. One person. One person, maybe two, but if you're pregnant, it's too bad. Um and it's so like but I didn't plan. I didn't get the connection between that and the nuclear bomb, I'm just realizing. And so all of that we're they, gonna They didn't just, really lay that well, out I, specifically. And so that's that was mostly my theory 
Okay. Joni, do you have? I have confusions about the where the pilots come into this because if you remember, it opens with the uh, voiceover of uh, uh, Lilith. 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 Yeah, um, talking about the mask that she wears. Um, the gas mask. That she, yeah, the the mask. Yeah, the environmental whatever mask that she wears. That's. Um, a cool visual. I get why they'd want to keep that, but she wears it just as like um like a comfort. It's like a comfort blankie. And then so I'm like, okay, when did those masks come into play because was that after the nuclear bomb? Because the guys in the jets are also talking about how they don't wear theirs anymore. Oh, you're so, right. Well, maybe we're to believe that the Omnitech mirror thing made it so everyone couldn't breathe and so Maybe that was a separate thing here. Well, and before we even get into that, so here's what I figured about this movie, because I was like, this movie is like, to me, at least good movie adjacent. There's like a couple <laughs> things that would need to be done. And it'd be like, oh, this is pretty good. One of those things would be cut it down to a half hour. And I'm like, oh, maybe this started. It's one of the cases where you start with you have your short film, then you get some funding, but you need to make your movie 72 minutes long to be and i'm like oh then they got the b-roll of these two fighter pilots which because i that never changes it's just those same like four or five shots of whatever with all the crazy dials that are just constantly moving and rolling and all of that and i was like oh they filled that out they must have filled that out with this two pilot thing to make it a feature length would make sense but and i didn't want i didn't I did not watch the director's cut because the director's cut is one hour and 53 minutes. So now there's an extra half hour outside of Mm. the fighter pilot thing. So I'm like, well, then maybe. So I don't know if it's just extra footage of everything else or I didn't look that far into it. But um, so it took them a long time. But if they're just releasing the director's cut after and their Facebook page was inactive for since 2013 when it came out. Um, so next, but you can see next <laughs> month on the Mark and Todd or, or, or on the Portland of the movies, we will uh, <laughs> the director's cut, the director's cut of uh, population two B or yeah. two. <laughs> and also, and also, um, so yeah, it cuts back and that was, unf- it keeps cutting back between Pre this bomb being dropped and post Lilith walking around this blighted landscape of Portland, gathering supplies, pulling her wagon, looking, standing at all these in front of all these places, looking super cool. Because, again, the lighting I thought was just so great in this. We see the Shanghai tunnels a little bit, as I mentioned at the end. And some of the behind the scenes photo, like we're there's a couple scenes where all the plastic is kind of hanging from the tunnel roof that she's kind of going through and she dances a little bit that's in the shanghai tunnels um they did a really good job i read that the budget was twenty thousand dollars i saw somewhere else it was a hundred thousand that would make more sense yeah because it's not if it's they did a good job though of using very little money to create and find locations that looked and that's what I was going to say out. for for somebody that is putting a film together. They did so many things that usually aren't done in movies like that. And that was finding real locate one of the, the old mental hospital they shot there before it was taken down. Mm-hmm. And that was they just took advantage of it. And the way that the, I keep going back to the lighting and the framing, totally. like how because even in even when we've seen other 
really bad movies made in like a corridor, a tunnel. It looks flat. It looks terrible. Everything is just lit by too big, whatever. This had dimension to it. It had like, I kept, I kept thinking my brain kept wanting to be like, Oh, is this an REM video from like 1993? Because it had a very losing my religion, like bright spots of color and just like really engaging looking. But then there's a third part of the story. So she's wandering around the blighted thing. And then we flash back to her married to the son of the Omnitech executive. So I, I don't think that she is, is Lilith. That's the wife. Are we sure? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Okay. We're partner. I don't think they sure, sure. explicitly sure. say that they're married. It's so it would have been she had so much hair. more interesting. Would have been She had a wig. Okay. <laughs> it would have been so much more interesting if the post-apocalyptic girl was the daughter of the two. Uh, yes. They got put into the habitat and they chose to kill themselves and and spare the baby and send the baby forward. Uh, and so that's who I thought now that's was. a movie that's a movie so um <laughs> so so yeah okay so that's terrible can we watch yeah, that movie? yeah. <laughs> that's well that's what's what funny I was is trying that to fill the gaps with and, and so, I watched this movie too and there's not a lot like, like almost nothing happens in this movie for yeah. us for us to fund me fundamentally no. not to understand <laughs> that the father and son thing and you not to know that literally the only woman in the movie is the same woman <laughs> on both ends it's just she just has short hair I did appreciate that she did shave her head yep and then had a wig for the longer one. But I was like, that's commitment. Cause, and I, she has to, act, she is just, I wish. Uh, okay. Well, before, before any of that. So she is married. She finds out she's pregnant. The husband is trying to get them all space in the life rafts or whatever. I forget what they call them. Habitats. Um, Habitat. Habitats. The habitats for humanity that they have. Habitat for inhumanity. <laughs> <laughs> and so. At the very beginning, we have the fighter pilots. We kind of don't know what's going on. And then it kind of goes on to this Omnitech television network. We see a little television bumper for this network. Then we see our main character, who also was the star of Train Master. Mark, did you yes. put that oh, together? Yes. yes, yes, I did. I believe these two might have been his only two movies. So we have done his entire... He's got a... No, he's got a long... I am oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was... Oh, good. Maybe maybe I was. I misread like, that then. I thought he was great, by the way. The oh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, all the, the acting... I thought Lilith was really great in this for, for what she had to do. I felt like the husband the, the slash son was profoundly unlikable. <laughs> well, and I think he was... In every uh, possible yeah, way. I, he, he, yeah. And I think he was supposed to be, too, because he's shown to be... He is a corporate mouthpiece, basically, for Omnitech. And, yeah, and he kept Ugh. on saying, like, the people trust me. And I'm like, really? Because <laughs> He's don't. the Walter Cronkite of whatever generation <laughs> that is. Right. But yeah, so I didn't buy any yeah. of it. So he has uh, gone on. Not, he was not unlikable in the way they wanted right. it to be. Right. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Um, so yeah, he has gone on TV saying Omnitech has the solution or whatever, but Omnitech doesn't. And now he's he was only doing it to secure his position. Then the dad finds out that the wife is pregnant. It's like this is only for one person. Not two, not three or whatever. And so the the husband starts wrestling with kind of what to do with that information. 
Also at the beginning, I thought it was weird. We get the Omnitech TV thing and then we get then we get the t- the news intro. And so we start watching mm-hmm. the son talk to the dad. Then like literally five seconds into that, the first question, we get another TV intro for another TV show where it's these two I, women we I, don't I, know. I liked this. I, I liked what they were trying to do. There. Yes, I liked that what they were trying to do, too. Collage of, of things and you're kind of you're p- trying to put the puzzle together. But there were like sure five. Totally successful, no, because but... they did like five different introductions for things we weren't familiar with. Right. And it then too and, much. Uh, yeah. And it would have been nice to have like one of the talk shows throughout the movie kind of pop up as giving like little updates or whatever. But um, I liked what they were trying. What it was hilarious. Yeah. So they're shooting the interview of the husband and the uh, Mark's gone to disco town over there Ooh. with, with uh, different lighting. Uh, oh, he's trying to recreate the looks of what it <laughs> totally. felt like to wander I'm through the color grading over here. The t- <laughs> but they're they're having this. You know, inter- I, I was I was watching this on Tubi, which was yeah. the link you sent me that had ads. And when re- when ads started, I couldn't tell if it was <laughs> exactly part. Oh yeah, part of the movie. And I'm like, oh wait, what are we going to now? Because along like, oh, with the for- <laughs> with on with along with the Omnicore introduction, then the two television introductions, we get a little ad Pandora. for Joni. I'll let you tell what the, the little ad break was for because it, it plays into the story. For Pandora. Which was the abortion pill that Omnitech also makes. Now that I felt they over they overplayed that. It was weird. I don't know. I'm like it, I had a yeah, real fear know. that I didn't like it that we were veering. I'm like, oh no! Uh, I wrote down. I'm like, oh no! Abortion. Like, is this gonna be? Like all of a sudden, some like terrible evangelical, you know, anti-abortion movie or something like that. But they have like it, it reminded me, you know, the Storm Large, uh, eight miles wide. Yeah. Video. Do you remember that at the beginning oh, yeah. where she's like in the meadow or whatever, being very silly, you know, a big curly wig or whatever. That was the vibe of this yeah. ad. In fact, she had a big curly wig or whatever. But yeah, it was like um, Pandora. You know, your it's your choice or whatever. So they set up this abortion pill. And then the interview with the with the son and the dad gets done. They are in a studio that just has like the plain white paper background, and they're they they call cut or whatever. And then after that's done, the the dad and son are talking, you know, in the set. And the set, the the crew members are striking the set. They're getting everything up, but they are doing it so quietly. There's chairs on wheels that they're like gingerly lifting up they, because they don't yeah, want to like mess with the sound. They're, yeah, they're moving chairs like twenty feet that are on wheels and so they like pick up the chairs <laughs> that are on wheels and carry them across I'm like what is going on behind the scenes it was so funny to me and that was another and the guy go ahead and the ceo's assistant was just standing always in the just standing there she did that in several scenes too because there was the hallway scene at the at the fancy yeah. thing or whatever that she's and just standing she in was, the back she was the same lady that was having drinking wine with lilith right that that oh. the husband pulled aside and oh was like, okay. okay that would totally make sense I think that was the same yeah, yeah. because she comes the into list. play to get the list of the people the going list. on the habitat for humanity um oh i thought you're gonna say something mark yeah, so the um, I I don't know if this is veering off course too much, but the <laughs> like the movie, the um, the I know that 
it seemed very lifetime uh, since the the timeline where Lilith and her husband are in the house. But that that house is a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Uh, that's the Gordon house down at uh, uh, Silverton. And uh, I think, yeah, because I, I yeah. read that in the and it made sense because this is beautiful. Yeah. It's, Frank Lloyd Wright house that yeah. every time I think I realize is in this area, I go, oh, wow. Even though I've been told that like 10 or 15 times now. Tell but that was another great example. I don't know how they got. They must have had friends in a lot of places because like all of the locations were really, really neat. Yeah, it's uh, it's managed by uh the oregon garden and so i'm sure that you can just rent it out uh and uh, because you can take tours of it and everything so it looks like they had two days at the gordon house and they shot some night scenes and uh a a shocking scene with a rope and uh things like that so uh so yeah i i thought that that was really well uh lit and and the photography was great in in those scenes i was thinking that nothing really happens in this story like it's it all happens off screen what what, what would the what would the opposite of like the joseph campbell hero's journey (laughs) these are like the deleted scenes where you don't watch because you're like we get the idea and that's the problem because it sounds like we're talking about i mean we're talking about three different timelines or three different intersection stories but None of none of the own. What happens is that the husband. Well, I've just yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. The, 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 I just wanted to squeeze this thought in, but the I I just realized that because you you need some sort of like arc, some character arc, and the only one that really happens though I'm realizing is that husband because he does do <laughs> he goes like, through some changes sacrifice at the end. Yeah, he, but he's really the only one. But that thought just occurred to me that that there was. Growth and change. <laughs> growth, growth and change. Well, unlikable husband. So, so Lilith got pregnant, and then she took the abortion pill, and then her husband committed suicide. Well, I guess, he, he so here, it in yeah. Wine. So he ha- he's contemplating what do I do? Oh, keeps, I didn't know that. Started with his finger. <laughs> so yeah, the, he's <laughs> contemplating what am I going to do? We see him kind of looking out a window. Um, before this, the wife was like, we're pregnant. And he's like, I'm so happy. But they kind of linger on him that now he knows. Great. It was, it was already hard enough to kind of get the bargain of both of us getting this pod. And then, so then we cut to the kitchen and I missed it the first time too, because it happens quickly. But on the counter, there's a box of Pandora and then it kind of goes up to the glass. Those cool wine glasses that had like slanted openings that I thought were very cool. <laughs> and it's, we see him stir. And the first time I watched he it, I had... his finger into just like this surface. And it was gross. The first time I watched it, I was looking down and didn't see the box. And when I that. looked up, he's stirring it with his finger. And I'm like, what's what's this movie now <laughs> and so the wife comes down they're they're supposed to go out and so the husband's like i just thought maybe we should have a drink you know without a waiter in our face and the wife is kind of like well i'm i'm pregnant basically she says and he's like i know it it won't hurt it's just one drink it, and so it's early on it's early on <laughs> and so the wife is not how any of that works the wife does take it uh, and take the um the pandora And then in a later scene, we see the husband again, like crying, looking out the window. And then it is revealed that he has hung himself. Now, 
Joni, you said, makes the ultimate sacrifice as if he was like, I won't let my wife choose who gets the safety pod and the habitat. I'm going to let her have it. To me, it was like he's giving her the it was spot too much habitat. guilt. Like he couldn't handle what he had Maybe become. Maybe all of the above. Interesting. Okay. But then Lilith says something at the end that makes it sound like she knows about this habitat plan, which oh, really? I found very confusing because, yeah, why if you knew, why would you get pregnant unless you think unless you're thinking there'll be room for both of you? Why would you just sit around chatting and having a wine party with your friends <laughs> when you know that, like, in a day, everyone's You mean your friends who dead? earlier that day came to your house to tell you all about your <laughs> yeah. how well your pregnancy was doing? I'm like, is this a house call that this doctor in a very, like, business-savvy, oh, wonderful God, suit shows up on the porch? Like, it hasn't even begun to become terrible for you yet. The worst is yet to come, but it'll be great. I know. And then she shows up at a party. Which I thought was very strange. Did that woman fund part of this or something? Like, why was any of that? Anyway. Unclear. But Lilith's... Remember at the end, though, Lilith and her husband have this argument where he's like, you don't understand. You, me, everyone will be gone. So, like, she knows that this is happening. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. gets pregnant, which is real weird and happily and there was another scene she was where she was waiting to find out what she's pregnant and like right next to her in the doctor's office is like a big bible verse and i'm like well I, so i it was very it was teed up to be a movie oh, yeah. more and directly about in and, go, and just like smiles and nods <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> So, but outside, so outside of these things, we kind of know these things are happening. We're, we don't, we're not, but, but nothing is, most of what's, (laughs) it's so weird because it sounds like so much is going on, but most of this movie is five minute chunks of these two fighter pilots talking dialogue that really does not have anything to do with what we're seeing in the movie. Then that's intercut with um, Lilith walking around these really, really cool landscapes. Like she walks under the 405 interchange bridge or whatever, and it's like crumpled to the ground and destroyed. And like in the background, the Portland skylight, the skyline, like all the buildings are crumbled. And like it was so cool. And there's one one of the behind the scenes thing that I found was like there's a couple scenes. One was in a restaurant. One was in a bar where she like climbs up in front of the mirror and kind of has a breakdown in that scene. There is a lot of CGI in that. Like they have green screened out all the windows and then composited in rain and trap and all of that, like in a way that I never would have even really noticed that it was CG. So like some of that was like super well done, I thought. But other than seeing Yeah, other than seeing those things. All the time. (laughs) It was Portland. But look, I have a really petty note. Oh, yeah. This is super petty. Yeah, yeah. This is super petty. She's in that restaurant and she's like, this is the restaurant we used to go to on our anniversary on 10th Street. And I just want to point out that there is no such thing as 10th Street. (laughs) Super petty. And she talks about going to the Enchanted Woods. Enchanted Woods. Yes. Come on. Maybe you can't say Enchanted Forest because of copyright Copyright. reasons. 
<laughs> so those are my those are my petty my pettiest notes. That's so funny. God, it was usually in these movies they they either pretend Portland is somewhere else. Portland is usually an unnamed metropolitan area, or they like fully lean into like this is Portland and here's Portland's site. So I wonder if he was trying to like they did mention it in the plane, but nowhere else in the movie do they identify kind of where they are. So I wonder if it was not trying to well, be so specific. This, there was you must have looked away a lot, <laughs> and I watched this twice. To be fair, the second time I'd only every time she was walking around and every time I saw an airplane, I fast forwarded through all of that. So you missed the guy saying you missed the guy saying uh, humanity reminds me of a joke without a punchline. (laughs) Oh, I watched it all. I uh, believe me. I watched the entirety of it the first time I watched this movie. I let it (laughs) wash all over me that first time. (laughs) There was a shot, though, of the city in the background and there was that weird there was that weird point where there was like two like nuclear silos there that don't, aren't, don't actually exist. That was strange. But there was a populate the Portland, Oregon population sign that was like a skew and all the letters had rubbed off except for two, two at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, was that the Trojan nuclear plant? That's what I figured it was, but just kind of doctored into no, a because no, it was I don't know because it was like the steel bridge or something, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, it, I did. There was a giant airplane in front of that. So I guess there was a lot going on in that picture. Um, they're like, we can afford one big like CG shot of the city and we're going to put everything. We're going to put a crashed airplane, a nuclear plant, <laughs> a busted ass bridge. We have all these assets, but we only have one slide left that we need. So we're <laughs> just, just going to use it all. Put it all in this 15 seconds, please. I did yeah. wish, though, as she, as Lilith was wandering around and like everything was looking fabulous and all this post-apocalyptic lighting and stuff like that, I wish she was accomplishing something. Because she did right. find water and she was trying to get supplies, but it just like, I felt like her st- that part of her story needed something There's that no story. There was no right. There's no, con- no I mean, specific conflict. There was no like, I got to overcome this, uh, you know. And it, so after the husband, existing. after we see that the husband commits suicide, we hear no more about how she got in the habitat or if she how had she the, survive uh, yeah, the nuclear. It, and it's implied that she is the, and even in the little write up, which I guess I should have read at the beginning. It's like the last yeah. woman on earth. And so she is the last survivor. We don't see how any of that happens. And most infuriatingly, so we keep cutting back to these two damn jet pilots and the same B-roll footage <laughs> and then chatting on and the and the dials going everywhere and everywhere and spinning. And we, at the beginning of the movie, got this 11-minute countdown that has now taken us 82 minutes to sit through. Took us all the way to... Bingo! Exclamation <laughs> point. I was going to ask Mark. You've been in the military. When your when your sights set in on that thing, you finally go. It says bingo with bingo. three exclamation points, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my word! But we're waiting this whole time, knowing that they're going to be dropping this bomb. We don't get to see anything. They're like, I guess here we go, and like we hear them press a button, Bye. and that's all. And bingo! Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! Oh my gosh, that I made me laugh. So those coordinates. So That's much. Portland, Oregon. I'm from Salem. It's got a recently. It's got a side about the Todd 45th was, parallel. Recently, Todd appeared on my Twitch channel, and we watched uh, 
where we watch VHS tapes and we watched a VHS tape of an eighth grade project, <laughs> school project. I made like a video book report and I had a shot of, of like a follow shot of someone walking. And, and so, yeah, you just kind of see their feet walking into the different rooms and yeah. scenes or whatever. <laughs> and I was feeling, I was feeling kind of bad about myself after we revisited that. And after watching this movie i'm like this is the jet plane equivalent <laughs> of that awful thing i filmed in eighth grade except like times 12 <laughs> so even though i've made some real garbage i'm feeling well, a little better I, about myself but i think that's what makes me so angry and conflicted like we've had movies on here that are bad in every way like there is not one competent thing that has been done in the movie whether it's because of the director's inexperience the budget both and all making a movies making a movie is hard but i was thinking like if i showed up to us as a group and was like i made a movie and i show this to you guys you guys would be like holy shit you were able to make this like it's not a good movie yet but it's so like properly done it like it was but then it would like be like the Foley, like the Foley would just need like room tone and that would have fixed something or a depth of something or like it was just one shade away. And like part of that was nothing ever happened on screen that we saw. Like we never got to see the mil- <laughs> I feel like it'd be really cool, a really cool short film if it was just like. And that's what I figured Lilith it was in- until. Or, or like a really cool music video. Yeah, and then at the end. Like so that. when I was watching this, uh, I usually watch these journey uh, two times. The first time, I just watch them as movies because I figure I I found that if I watch them and try to take notes all at once, it's just too much, and then it's not fair to the movie. So what? So I watched them once, and the first time I was watching it, it's going through the story. I'm kind of realizing things that are clicking, and then I was like, oh, she made it in the pod. She's gonna have a baby out, you know, on the outside, and she's I- gonna. But then that didn't happen clearly. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, well, wait a minute. The reason I thought all that is because this movie is called Population 2. And she is the last woman on Earth. Oh, she must have a baby. Population 2. None of that happens. Nope. Where's the two? I I thought maybe the second person is was her mannequin friend. (laughs) May, she, was that mannequins or was that a bot or like real body? I couldn't figure out who or what that what that was. It was some sort of yeah. It could have been a skeleton. Yeah, because we just kind of see. <gasps> was that her husband? I wondered was that, that too because she's kind of and she. I mean this this actress did a great job because she has nothing to act off of. She's <laughs> she's not in a story that's doing anything, but she does a great job. And there's a point where she's having this conversation at the table of like. I could oh I couldn't remember what I think just kind of going crazy having this conversation and then we kind of in a wider shot see that there is a body of some sort dressed up kind of in the darkness that she's kind of having a back and forth with. I thought it was a mannequin. I and it, it could like, and I I knew it was supposed to maybe represent the husband. I didn't know if it was exactly like his but bones she kept or whatever. Him in, she kept him like in a coffin box. Oh, did she did she get yeah. him out she and set him, him up? She the movie opens with her like pulling him out of the box, pulling the box out of the ground. Right? Oh, and you're right. You're right. You're right. Back in the. Oh yeah, that box. You I know, so, and then, so it, this makes it so much more infuriating that so much <laughs> could have happened is not happening on the screen. 
<laughs> but we're we still somehow all three of us missed a lot of these big chunks of importance, you know, like how does, and I think because nothing happens, I think our brain just goes, Oh, nothing's happening that I have to pay attention to. She's just gathering supplies or they're just wasting time on the way to blowing up the city that we'll never see. So I think our brain tunes out and doesn't receive any of the information. And I I just want to point out that we, we could be talking about William S. Burroughs as playing the junkie in the, at the St. Francis Hotel and Drugstore Cowboy right now. <laughs> but but that's fine. We could talk about this. We Bingo! <laughs> so here's my question. Did she make it to the habitat and then like escape the habitat? Or did she just somehow, was she the only person to survive the nuclear strike? We're what never we're never told if the nuclear strike is the thing that they need to get in the habitat for. We don't understand if the habitat is like a pod you will wake up from or like a place that is shielded from anything. We're given no information about any of this stuff because, again, it all just happens in the movie that's taking place off screen. This is like <laughs> this I is mean, the part you trim out of the movie and they <laughs> picked up the wrong pile and accidentally edited that together. Like, I thought I had a story here, but I guess we didn't. <laughs> We get a. I feel like I really want to see the director's cut. I'm very curious about it, but it costs like I don't know, like ten dollars, and I'm like, eh. Mm. Portland the movies don't make three dollars a month on Patreon. We can't afford that. Rick Emerson next month is making us buy a movie for ten dollars, and so I got to save up my money for that. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand. okay here's here's what infuriates me is that there are there are things we do there are things that are left mysterious and maybe that was a deliberate choice to leave these things mysterious but then other things are so explicitly communicated that have nothing to do with anything like i don't need to hear about that pilot jet pilot that barbecue he went to or whatever the hell nonsense they were talking about like you're going to explicitly feed me that but then not explain to me how Lilith survived. Yes. Well, th- I, like and that's what, that's how I this. I don't sh- like these choices. That's how this should function is that those two pilots should be telling us the story of the things that happened. You know, how did you get into the army? Oh, I was here when we, yeah, when we draw like, but the exhibition wasn't relative at all. And also had nothing to do with our main characters. Like these are two, Un, not only unnamed, they are unseen under their helmets, except for the guy that has either Maul or Hall, Hall. written on his. I couldn't Hall. figure out what H A U L. Um, and I don't. And look, I really feel like I need to preface everything I say with, "Look, I've made movies and they're all garbage." Let's just keep that in our minds and hearts. But also, those the the delivery of that pilot's the pilot's dialogue was so bad. <laughs> Oh, see, I liked. Like I didn't mind. I didn't mind their actors acting. Just reading off the page. Oh, I hated it. It was so bad. <laughs> I liked Halls, <laughs> but maybe not the other guy. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So at one point, um, the son is talking to dad, the Omnicore president, and you know they're going back and forth. You know, only two, let alone three. This can't happen, and blah blah blah. And so they, um, the husband and wife are at home and the dad makes an unexpected visit to talk to the son. 
and it's at night and <laughs> the sun maybe I, I if you guys notice or not is wearing like the weirdest like boat neck scooped shirt that was so weird to me like the neckline it was just a normal t-shirt but like the neckline that. was like around here and it was like skin tight and i'm like what what, <laughs> what is going on it was so it was so funny it was like you know how like um male dancers will wear like they have their uniform too which is usually that wide cut you know scoop neck leotard top thing that's like it was so wild to me and it wasn't like it was stretched out it was like made to it was looked like he was wearing the ballet the male ballet dancer top but like just in a black it was it was so funny to me <laughs> but yet he was wearing his suit and shoes when he hung himself wasn't he he was like i think those were different nights because yeah the dad showed up to reiterate yeah. that he wasn't getting yeah, space I, and that's when he snuck her the pill oh i see and then after that is when but they kind of implied at the beginning of the movie that that morning when she wakes up the morning she wakes up and finds him swinging Oh, um, Mark's yeah. Oh, Mark's sharing a screen with that. <laughs> oh, oh. So, all right. So this is the, that is like the, the father and son a, talking <laughs> at the Gordon house with little whisper. Little, got a little chest, peak, little peak of chest hair. hair. Just, does that not look like a? He's like just came from doing Swan Lake or whatever. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so funny to me. I was so distracted by that. <laughs> it's such a weird. Yeah, I didn't even notice. I was distracted by his eyebrows and bald spots. Anyway, I didn't look to see. I, like I, I did think all the actors were competent in what they were doing. They were given. Um, we Yeah. Were there any other locations, Mark? You're, you're there in what I think must be Zeba Design, which is a cool. I do remember that name from being in advertising agencies. I yeah. think I might have had contacts with them at some point. But they have this really cool, like, futuristic-looking hallway. And out, out the window, you can see the Burnside Bridge um, or the Broadway Bridge, excuse me. Uh, oh, is, so it's is that in, the big – is that – Yeah, that, that hallway. fill in for, for Omnicorp right there? That one? Yeah, yeah. Now, so. this, is really, this is really smart. You don't – because I we made a movie once where – Todd, you were in it. I was. We were trying to – we were trying to have like a really big company boardroom and we didn't we didn't quite know how to do it. It's really smart to just have a small piece of a fancy building yeah. to shoot in. And then from that, the viewer infers that, that the whole rest of the building is just as fancy. Totally. Like you don't need to show it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's what I keep coming back to. I mean, like we're looking at this scene too, where she's kind of looking in the mirror at her old cell. There's a picture of her and, and her husband or whatever. And she's mentally breaking. Like she's doing... A great job and like this looks really this could be like a, yeah. a, a bad render of like Blade Runner as far as I know like it looks <laughs> yeah. there's so much that is done good I think that's why it makes these bad parts here we are in this CGI <laughs> bingo don't you think she she kind of looks like like Jennifer Lawrence crossed yeah. with Eleven from I, Stranger the, Things. Very, I didn't get the Eleven, but but that totally makes sense. Yeah, I got some Amanda uh, Amanda Bynes vibes from that movie where she had uh, to like cut her hair to be on the football team or whatever. 
<laughs> just one of the guys or one of the boy or I don't know what that movie was called. Just one of the guys was a delightful 80s movie. Okay, that was the 80s one. About? They yeah, there was a, a similar movie that she was but anyway. I but yeah, again, like so much of this is so the level is so much better than the rest of these weirdly dropped like it makes the dropped balls seem even more oddly dropped you know what I mean because clearly they do know what they're doing in a lot of capacities for it to be this this oddly oddly fumbled especially when you have and, and again I thought they put the pilots of oh so this pilot stuff in we're going back and forth to these pilots then to the whatever and I was confused at first if this is a flashback what's going on and maybe it's just because I've been watching a lot of Lost lately where they do the flashbacks or the flash sides or whatever. And all they do to indicate in, bet- in between scenes is the same sound, like this big, neat whooshing sound effect. like, And then you know you're in another time or place. And like even just adding that every time we go to the pilots would be like, oh, yeah, now we're yeah. back to that. And like adding some of those dimensions that aren't here would go so much to help one of those dimensions being exposition by those pilots that fit in in any way that don't because it just really did highlight how much those were just wasting time down to a clock where we see how much time we're wasting with them there's something about how they would their transition between times and timelines that we're following is just like a slow fade to black yeah which made it feel more like tv to me yeah, made me feel more like I'm watching the transitions were bad because it was all just a slow. <laughs> is this suits? Because we're just yeah, we're just slowly fading out and then slowly fading back in. There's no music. There's just even some incidental like synth hum or something like that would have just added a little bit more. Oh, here's the scene where they have a actual live giant cockroach. And I was excited. I wrote down, ooh, I wonder if they have an animal wrangler they, listed. And they, they don't. Oh, they so. didn't have an animal wrangler? No, but it does ah. say no animals were harmed. Ah. But there's no, there was no bug, a bug wrangler. That's what I was excited to see. So, yeah, we do see. And because it visually looks compelling, you kind of think that things are happening. And here she finds water, I guess. But, like, we don't. She wasn't explicitly searching Looking for water. water. Right. She we wasn't out to that... do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Oh, one a scene where she takes like a pretend bath at one point. So from that, I got that there's water. Water is hard to find. Water is hard to find. Uh, what? I, even though it's constantly raining outside. So yeah, like those windows are CGI. Everything outside, which I never really would have guessed because it's not. It's 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 pretty well done. Um, oh shoot! I was just gonna say something that I forgot now. Do you know what location this is? This restaurant? No, there was street. There was um, Shingozu Shingazu restaurant listed as a place. Uh, Harvey's Comedy Club. So maybe this is. I've never been inside Harvey's. I don't know what it looks like. This is the bar at Harvey's. Hundred percent. Is Is it? Yeah, it's the bar at Harvey's. Is that East Side or West Side? Uh, That is on the West Side. Over. uh, It's like on Burnside. She's been all on the East Side, but now she's on. Okay, so this would be Southwest Tenth Avenue. If it were. So there, there is another scene where she's sitting in a booth in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, such street that doesn't exist. Uh, so that other place must have been the Shingozu or whatever, and this must be Harvey's. Then, which I mean, they set dress. There's all garbage everywhere. Like it looks post-apocalyptic. So they took their time with set deck and like all of this stuff. It just looks so good that it's just. I didn't really a bummer. I didn't really buy though that this is the fancy restaurant. Her 
son of the world's wealthiest CEO would take her to on their anniversary. Well, I didn't understand like, he was a son of a wealthy man. When she said that, I'm like, man. that was like a diner. That's where he took you? It's fancy. It's a diner. Amanda Bynes. Um, Amanda, 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 Amanda. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Go ahead. I don't know. I thought I'm interested in this. If this actress has done much since, did you look her up? I forget. I looked at it and it looked like she's she's still working and stuff like that. I didn't spend a too uh, too much time on her, but yeah, she did. She did. And it seemed like from a lot of that. It's so funny to read all of the different um, reviews of this movie after I watched it, and a lot of it was like, yeah, the cast is great. They did a good job, uh, and but it's it's very boring, and you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to sit through it. Was kind of the gist, and that as, as it, someone who's who's worked with good actors but didn't know how to direct them i kind of feel like this guy was didn't i felt a kinship with that struggle he was having oh interesting and um, like maybe he leans way better on visuals which is why the story side isn't quite as compelling or well done as the visual aspects are maybe um yeah, I don't know. There was there was a weird subtext also with the pilots about how the people about Portland, like the people there deserve to die because they were um, uh, uh, traitorous in some way that that was a weird thing to drop in and then not explain. Well, right. yeah, one of the conversations that these pilots are having is like they're kind of grappling with knowing that they are dropping a weapon that's going to, you know, kill a bunch of people and decimate humanity or whatever. And so they're kind of talking okay. through those things. This. Okay. I, um, all right. Okay. Can you pause it for a yeah. second right there? So we're looking at the scene in the beginning where she's, she's waking up in the morning and her see-through white shirt right. and she's walking outside and the narration over this is talking about how, we didn't even see the bombs coming. Like I woke up that morning, everything was normal, and then boom, nuclear attack. So they imply at the beginning of this movie that this is the day that 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 the bombs drop. I right? think I think you're putting but the wrong thing come- together because this I I don't think she 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 at some point does say we didn't see the bombs coming, but I think this morning that we're seeing where she wakes up, looks out, blah blah blah. We later realize. She looks over and that's when she finds her husband hanging in the driveway. So I think. But I think it was the same day. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. But I thought, yeah, I thought you, we, I thought maybe it was a little trick to the audience to make us think this was the bomb day. But in reality, this was the day that the proverbial bomb of her life like, going off. This is off the day that by... it all changed. Right. Yeah, because she woke the proverbial up. Proverbial bomb. Because <laughs> yeah, the narration was like, I woke up and it was like the the perfect day. The birds were singing, blah blah blah. We're in this Frank Lloyd Wright house that doesn't look like the yard is ever taken care of. So I was kind of curious about the condition that this this house is in. But yeah, she's in it's her the Oregon Garden. Her, She's got the boat neck t-shirt too. <laughs> I think it's a different one. Um, it's a see-through t-shirt dress with a yeah. little pocket She's on it. it again yeah. at the end. Well, yeah, it's the same scene shown over. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, because I'm like, oh, nips. <laughs> um, but yeah, we find out her husband had had hung himself, but we don't. Uh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. We do see a bit of her pre um, as she's contemplating having this baby. The um, but her husband hasn't. Um, they haven't gotten to that scene yet, so everything is going fine, and she's sitting 
or I don't know what at what point it is she's sitting in her house. It's pre bomb going off, and the their camera is doing this wonderful you know pan from side to side as we're looking at her. In the foreground is is being revealed this beautiful children's wagon that we have seen her dragging across you know the apocalyptic thing gathering supplies and i thought that was like that was a super cool visual reveal and yeah i guess i just think you go i think i'm putting my finger on what i think is the is the most frustrating thing about this movie is that lilith is the character that we're following all through this post-apocalyptic hellscape and absolutely nothing is given to us about who she is right or she like she's just an absolute blank she's (laughs) completely underdeveloped we don't we don't know a thing about you're right because other than her kind of smiling when she knows she's pregnant we never hear her talk about the baby in the apocalyptic part, we see her having a conversation or with her husband figure, who but who she is, what does she do? What are her, what are her thoughts about are, anything ever? And maybe that's why it's so hard because we don't know any of her needs and wants, not only right. physically what she needs in the moment, but like intellectually or, or emotionally where she is because we don't see what's happened. And because we don't, there's just and that's why it's so that's why again I'm so conflicted about the end of the world as we as we see it here <laughs> because there are so many parts that are done so well but now that kind of we're drilling down maybe the, this this director was more visually based than narratively based and a lot of those things make sense because the pieces are all kind of here somewhere both both of those pieces are just coming out into the <laughs> waiting to be found um, but yeah, it's, it's frustrating, I guess, because you can't write it off as, oh, this is just a terrible movie in every single way. This guy didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. It's just, it just ultimately is a better, shorter film. I think. <sighs> hmm. Huh? If you. Yeah. You think about a movie like what's the one, what's the one with Will Smith and he's like the only guy left. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say After Earth, but that's not the right one. It's the I Zombie, I Carly, I Zombie. Is that is that one of them? No, I Robot is another one. Robot, but it's not. No, none of the above. But you think about that movie, and oh, see, he wore his tie to hang himself. Um, uh, I Legend, Legend, I Legend. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, Legend. You watch you watch that movie and and you you eventually learn everything about that guy. Right. You know, who he was before. Who well, and you learn like his before, schedule. His, you learn his routine. You learn why he has to his, do things and his hobbies, his pet, like all these things that you you figure out pretty fast who that guy is and what he's doing and what he wants. Right. And it would have been totally easy. None of that here. No, and it would be totally easy to have her. Like we see her dialoguing with someone this whole time, but just sort of in bits and pieces. And we kind of assuming because the title is Population 2, that she's having a conversation with someone that we're just not seeing with. And it's revealed to be that body of her dead husband or whoever, the Wilson, the volleyball or whatever it is in this case. (laughs) She's given something to do. Yeah, she just needs to have something to do. Even with the benefit... Of voiceover narration, we still don't really know anything about her. Yeah. 
it's all very ponderous and very like, yeah. Unsatisfying. <laughs> that is a good way. That is a good way to say it. So why it's called population two. Like I still have no thematic reasons that it might be called that. Other than that to play on the sign, you know, the sign that they show at some point. Maybe it just act, the only number that didn't fall off was two or whatever. Right. But I mean, that's such a bold choice because you have to know that people are going to think it's a sequel. Right. Oh, see, I didn't. I never thought it was a sequel for some reason, probably just because it was such a low budget movie. But I the whole time thought that her pregnancy, like somehow all of this happened while she was still going right. to be pregnant and they were going to be the two left to populate the earth or whatever, which would be also a strange (laughs) setup but um bingo i did have to turn the closed caption on because i couldn't understand anything a lot of the uh, they were saying sometime and when they do that slow reveal to the husband that's hanging there it got spoiled for me because there was in parentheses rope rope creaking creaking. (laughs) i thought that was some of the best sound design in this whole movie it was was good it just It just spoils it because, like, the only time you hear rope creaking is when somebody commits suicide. Like, when does that ever come up? Like, you never hear rope creaking in any other context. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's true. We're walking by the the big ship. Uh, the ropes are creaking. An an abandoned higher swing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> At one point. So we're we're looking at a scene where she's having this imaginary conversation with the other person. She's make it looks like she's kind of making dinner. She's gathered some water and some beans, and she's having a not in this scene. She's not having a good day, but she, I felt like she was doing well. And she picks up the beans and drops this tin can of beans onto a, I'm guessing a concrete floor, and it makes no noise. Her feet are making noise, but it and so I was like, did she drop? What and then later they show the ground and there's this can of beans on the ground, but like there was just no sound to it at all. And so I wonder if they like they ran out it they they couldn't do another foley pass on things that budget had been eaten up by fighter pilot stuff, which they had to recycle. So. Spend all that money on that bingo text effect. <laughs> she also uh, seems to have body parts in jars. I didn't see that. Just, Maybe she collects them. Just then. Oh yeah, and there was a weird yeah, ne- yeah next right. to her uh, at this dinner that she set up with the mannequin corpse, whatever it is. Oh, and she's wearing um, I was gonna say it's like a candles, uniform. She's so got whiskey. So something happened that she's in yeah a uniform where they know they were supposed to have these masks, but then the fighter pilots also needed to know anyway. I feel like we're going in, <laughs> we're going much like this movie. We just keep returning to the same three things and walking slowly down the path without any clear direction. Yeah, so she's got weird things in jars that look like oh yeah, F- tissue of some sort, flesh. It looks like like that Simpsons where they were were finding three eyed fish <laughs> in the river. <laughs> Uh, it could be the Willamette. Well, the Willamette right now is all. Yeah, the last woman on Earth. Spoilers for the movie. It's right there in the in the in the haunted by the tragedies. Haunted by the tragedies led her to current post-apocalyptic existence. So hmm. anyway, well, would you guys recommend this movie? Is free on Tubi. Uh, would any of you recognize uh, recommend going to see it? Mm, no. no. 
sorry. I would recommend That's putting funny. it on. It, I, I, there was a couple times where I thought, ooh, this would be cool just to have on as a screensaver because, like, it is just visually arresting in a lot of places that I liked. Um, and I'll who, go back. Who? Who Who was the director of photography? I'd um, be curious to see. This is, like, a good movie to, to find somebody that you want to look at what they've done since, like, and that well, and I was gonna say, I this is a good movie to for people who are wanting to make low budget movies to know really really easy ways to make your movie look more expensive and and visually really compelling. So, um, well, I guess yeah, I would I would recommend it for that, uh, but not not for plot and not for really anything else because there's not a whole lot there. Cinematography by Kenneth Luba uh, Kenneth is the name Luba. of that. So. He was great. Yeah, no there was a lot. I, yeah, I keep going back to being conflicted. Uh, who also he was the cinematographer on the rise of whore Betsy. So <laughs> be on the lookout by that. But yeah, so there is a complete new entry for the director's cut of this in 2023. It is called Pop. But maybe and that loses would, the maybe colon. Maybe would answer our questions. Maybe if you want to if I if you want to take the hit and shell out those hard earned dollars to see I almost asked on Facebook but then I didn't want to get into it all so maybe maybe he will listen to this and and let us know what it is so well thank you everyone else for joining us this month and thank you Joni for joining us where can people uh, find more about you uh. and 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 engage in your things. Um, well, first I want to say, you know what's really fun to talk about is how Keanu Reeves handled the Shakespeare-inspired dialogue in my own private Idaho. That's a really fun thing to talk about. Because people are pretty divided on whether he did a good job or he was terrible. Anyway, I stream live on Twitch. Um, where where you invite me and Twitch. I also get to choose what we watch. It usually ends up being something <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Uh, my uh, one channel VC archives and that is where I watch VHS content and Todd frequently comes over in his Dr. R.I.P. persona not <laughs> costumed or anything no no sadly um, and we watch VHS tapes and I have another channel called smash up show that is a musical mashup uh, live improvised based on viewer submissions mashup show. Oh, fun! Yeah, and you're at uh, twitch.tv forward slash smashup show. And you do that with a uh, uh, Craig is his name, who is this literal virtuoso genius piano player. And so yes. he'll give him like two different songs, and he'll whose line is it anyway style off the top of his head make this like beautiful musical com- composition out of nowhere. So it's. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really so, cool. Yeah, so peop- viewers submit songs and we pair them up at random. So you'll get some weird thing like Bohemian Rhapsody and Convoy or, you know, just like <laughs> weird stuff like that. And we also started playing a game on there that's a chat GPT game where people will s- submit um, like what they want a song to be about and we'll, ha- we'll generate chat GPT lyrics and Craig will perform and sing it. Nice. Just like while reading it for the first nice. time. Nice. It's never not amazing. <laughs> yes, it's always uh, there's always a stream of absurd uh, absurdity running through all your stuff, which I appreciate. So, Mark, final thoughts about pop- population two or anything else? Uh, no, like uh, it's uh, we're glad we got through this. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, you we guys. We did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, and I didn't feel I felt last. I forget what we even did last or, or the last couple times where. Oh, if it was from Zombie Cats from Mars, and like you and Brian clearly loved that and had a good time with it, and I didn't, and I was like, well, maybe I'm just dead on the inside. Maybe it's finally happened where I can't enjoy anything. But then I kind of watched this, and I was like, there is still, there's still joy left in me. So I didn't find it a miserable experience. I found it frustrating, but uh, very, very, uh, I thought, well done for what it was. I always appreciate a big swing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But like I said, good movie adjacent. Watch it. Watch it or don't. Yeah. What are we, your dad? Uh, so, Mark, if you will take us out with the song that plays over the credits, which is actually sung and written by the main actress uh, who played oh. Lilith. So we will go off uh, out with that. Uh, as Mark's getting that ready, I encourage you to go check out Fun Employment Radio. Uh, their show is every day of the week still. Check them out. Or four days a week now. Check them out. Join their supporters club. Buy some merch from them. They have some great new shirts that have just come out. So go check them out. Check Joni out. What was your Twitch again, Joni? Twitch.tv forward slash VC archives or Twitch.tv forward slash Smash Up Show. Awesome. All right. And we will take you out with the song at the end of this movie. Maybe. Perhaps I had speaking of trying to find the very end. I was trying to watch the credits of this and it's on a streaming platform. It is impossible to watch credits on things anymore. Like I kept, it kept minimizing and then maximizing and Mm -hmm. then doing, it was so such a pain and putting up banners and anyway, anyway, well, thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.